Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Hey, welcome tonight. We're a little early tonight. California Haunts Radio. Let me get this button. See? Too many buttons. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the evening, uh, the next hour or so anyway. That's an evening to me. Uh, our guest tonight is Judith Yates. Um, we're going to be doing a phone interview tonight because uh, she's expecting a huge snow, no, 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 uh, no, no, snowstorm <laughs> back in Tennessee. So uh, she's afraid that the video lines are going to go down. So as soon as I get done doing the intro and all that, I'm going to be giving her a call. And uh, we're going to do it that way. Um Tonight's topic is female bank robbers. Judith is a police officer, and she is kind of like an Anne Rule kind of person who's written a lot of books about different crimes in her in, her, you know, in the state of Tennessee. So she's written a book about female bank robbers. It's, it's really a cool book. I've, I've read parts of it, and it's a wonderful book. But anyway, my name is Charlotte. I'll be your host for the next hour. I am the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. You can find us at www.californiahaunts.org. This radio show is at a separate website at californiahauntsradio.com, and you'll be able to see this show plus all the archives for the last two years. Uh, there, you know, uh, you can click uh, click at the top and you can go, go or just check the whole site out. You can learn about me and a little bit more about my background as a journalist and whatnot. But uh, like I said, I'm glad to be here. Uh, my paranormal team is 35 strong. Uh, we're based out of Sacramento, California. However, I do have other um, branches of this team in Oregon, Washington, uh, Nevada, and Hawaii. Oregon, Washington, yeah, Nevada and Hawaii. So I can remember all this stuff. But I want to welcome everybody. Um, a couple announcements. Uh, I haven't really uh, made a lot of announcements on this, but uh, we are looking for advertisers right now. Um, since we're a small fish in a large pool, we clearly can't get some major advertising going. So what we're doing is we're looking for advertisers, and we're not charging people a lot to do this stuff because we, we, we want to get everybody on, on the ground floor of this. But as you can see by the ticker down at the bottom, you know, I'm trying to get some donations to keep this thing going uh, because we are a nonprofit, and all this comes out of my personal pocket, and it gets, you know, around bill time like now, it gets kind of hard to pay the bills. So, um I need to have some pretty, you know, some either donations coming in or other income. So I've decided to open it up to advertising or sponsors for the show. And uh, if you uh, email me at Caesar's Ghost at Yahoo, sorry, Caesar's Ghost one two three at gmail.com, we can talk about advertising. Uh, I'm not like I said, I'm not going to be charging a lot for ad space because I want to make the bills and everybody's in on the ground floor. But we do have a very wide ranging audience, and I think. It would be a benefit to some of you, uh, maybe a lot of you, because the show does, uh, the podcast does go out all over the world. And, uh, you know, we are in Northern California, Southern California, all over the United States, including the Sacramento area where the show is based out of. So if you're interested in advertising with us, please shoot me an email at caesarsghost123 at gmail.com and we'll talk about that. Also, I am teaching some psychic development classes this month. I'm going to have the info. I keep saying I'm going to get the information up. I haven't had time. I want to get the information up tonight on the website, and you can click on that. I'm going to be teaching a psychic development one class 
where you learn the basics. Um, uh, you teach uh, basic meditations to visit your spirit library, uh, visit your spirit animal. You know, learn learn how to try learn how to travel out of your body and come back into your body. And then I will be teaching a structural development class two, which is more and more advanced class. If you're interested in that, and that takes you to higher levels. Anyway, um, I'm going to be calling here. I'm going to be dialing, dialing for some dollars here and uh, see if we can get this show on the road. So give me a second. I always say I'd like David Letterman. I, I need to have like cool dialing music, but I don't, so I can't, so I won't. So I'm going to turn the volume up a little bit here. And then I'm going to call her. Let me double check the phone number too, because that would be that would be ugly to like get the wrong phone number, wouldn't it? So let me make sure I got the correct phone. Make sure I, I typed that in right. Yep. Okay. So let me dial this phone number, and we'll get Judith on here, and it's going to be kind of fun to talk to her. Hello. Okay. Call. There we go. twice hello hello how are you doing this is charlotte california haunts radio you're on the air yes ma'am we are frozen in can you believe that i couldn't believe it i don't live back there but i can understand it because a lot of our last week a lot of our sierra nevada people got it boy <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I looked out this morning, and it's pouring down snow. And, well, first, our, our English bulldog was walking the floor, and he just kept, you know, looking out the window, looking out the window, and I'm thinking, what is happening? And the next thing I know, I look out, and it's just pouring down snow. Wow. So, yeah, he's our old woman. He worries about everything, so we let him worry about, you know, the weather and what's going on outside and what the neighbors are doing, so... But, yeah, it was very strange, and I said, okay, you know, what are you going to do about it? So, batten down the hatches, bread and milk. I got you, I got you. How cold is it right now? You know, I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> two. <laughs> cold enough to be cold. <laughs> yes, but see, I'm kind of a weather wimp, so, <laughs> you know, I just... Um, and I'm from Texas, so it's real strange because we have hotter than hell, we have really hot, and then we have just gloomy, ugly. But still, I'm just this weather wimp, so. I, I understand. I you know, once it hits a certain, like here, and you're going to laugh when I say the degrees because I'm, I'm, from, I'm from California, okay? It's 107. Well, it's like Texas, you know? It's like it's like hotter than hell in the, in, in the summer. And then in winter, it gets too cold to snow here. So once it hits around, once it hits about 32 for me, I'm freezing my butt off. Okay. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I just, uh, I just did a couple of shows and um, the guys came out from Cali and now I'm like, I think I would like living there. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Now all of a sudden, you know, everybody's talking about it and I'm like, I think I would like living there. <laughs> of course, you know, they all talked about all the good stuff. Right. You know? Right, right, right. The beach is here. The mountains are there. <laughs> Cali's really nice, you know, because like like they say, you're you're only within depending on where you live. You're like me. I'm I'm 45 minutes from the mountains, so I mean it's nice. Mm, you know, the mountains here, the ocean there. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm 45 minutes from the mountains, and I'm about probably about maybe an hour from the ocean, hour and a half. Oh wow! So it's nice. You know. Wow. Make you jealous because you're freezing. That's all. 
No, the ocean, man. I can go out on the ocean. I can forget everything bad that's ever happened in my life. I can just hear it, and I'm good to go. You know what my mistake was? Was going to Hawaii a couple of years back because any place where it's like no, no higher than 82, you know, and, and I'm by the ocean, I'm good. I don't know. I've heard that cost of living is so insane that I would just not be a happy cat. <laughs> Well, that's the, that, that's bad. I mean, yeah, it's true because you pay for paradise. But I'm telling you, I went out on a rain. You know, when, when it rains, the, the rain is warm. It's like being in a shower. It's nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. None of that cold rain crap. So, you know, <laughs> that's what I'm about. I don't like the cold rain. Ugh. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know? Now, a friend of mine moved out there. Um, she and her other half, they... One got into real estate, and she's a singer, so they moved out there, and they just look so happy with their little, you know, Hawaiian bungalow, See? And tanned and singing and selling <laughs> real estate, and I'm like, oh, my God, they just always, you know, drinking out of a coconut, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, y'all stop. <laughs> See, that's what I want. <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> I want to get off work and I'm not a big, you know, I don't swim that well, but to me to like go down there and, and like just sit at the beach and let the water la lap up over my knees a little bit, you know, and just kind of sit there with my little pina colada and, you know, I can dream. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, now I got to write about this woman who set fires and killed people. <laughs> there you go. Okay, back to work. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I was a crime reporter for years. I know. Yeah, you know. Okay, <laughs> Where you're coming from with that? So tell me about you. Tell you know. Tell me about your history. I I, I know you you're law enforcement. You have a law enforcement history as well. So let's let everybody know your background. Okay. Uh, let's see. Hmm. Okay. Well, my name is Judith A. Yates, and I. Uh, where to start? Let's see. <laughs> I was working on a PhD in criminal justice. Let me let me let me start with it. I, I don't know. You want education? You want everything? You want work? work. Um, Let's do work. Okay. Okay. Um, it all started <laughs> with loss <laughs> prevention of all things, and I said people really steal. And now I go to a store and I have to stop looking because people steal so much. <laughs> And I catch them, and I'm told, quit looking at people because you can't police the world. But nonetheless, um, and that went into custody. I worked for the sheriff's department for a while, um, got my degree, went into the Federal Bureau of Prisons, was heading for the marshal's office or either Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, when Waco happened, and that all went askew, and... Then I was a private investigator for a while um, in several different states. So I've done a little bit of everything, which I've really enjoyed because it just kind of gave me a variety of this and that. Um, I had a migraine-related stroke several years ago. I was teaching, and so there went my law enforcement, there went my uh, teaching, and I was also working on my Ph.D. in criminal justice, so there went that. And I was saying, okay, what do I want to do? Two things in life I love is law enforcement and writing. And I had a story kind of fall into my lap because I started writing part-time online, different blogs and such. And the story kept kind of growing. And I thought this kid needs his story told. 
because he's just kind of, you know, a little average boy. And he's not a John Bonet, and he's not this blue-eyed, blonde-haired girl that's missing. And he deserves a story told. He's any kid. And I wrote that book. It won an award and decided I might be onto something here. Another story fell into my lap, and it went from there. And now I am writing true crime. Um, recently, I've sort of moved into doing board games, true crime-based. And I also have a video series on YouTube called Best True Crime. Awesome. Awesome. That is really awesome. You've written and, a book. Uh, I, I, Go also, ahead. I also speak across country, too. Okay. Uh, just recently, I spoke at the uh, National Homicide Investigators Association, a great bunch of guys and girls, and it was really great to be back in the groove and sit around and tell war stories and laugh and talk and have a beer and say bad words and, you know, <laughs> talk about helping victims and, and such. And let's see, a couple of years ago, before COVID, uh, Dr. Henry Lee asked me to speak at his serial killer conference, um, and I spoke there on one of my books. So... I've, I've met some amazing people. You'll have to excuse me. My dogs are in the background barking. Oh, that's okay. um, when it gets dark, they decide everything is a threat. And uh, so the wind blew, so they barked. That's okay. But nonetheless. No problem. I <laughs> um, have dogs too. I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The wind blew and such. But nonetheless, so that's that's what I've been doing is I, I speak across country. And then when the headaches are really, really bad, I have to take time off. And um, the beauty is I can work around you know, the, the headaches and the time with that. And I get to travel and I meet some amazing people, most of them being crime survivors and, and victims of crime. And um, and I'm loving it. That sounds like fun. Some, sometimes it is, sometimes <laughs> it's not, because I have to read some pretty horrific stories about mm -hmm. what people do to each other. And it's it's... You know, it really is heart-wrenching, and, and that's why we have a small farm way back away from people uh, with rescue animals. I do animal rescue as a hobby, which is so fulfilling, and, you know, animals being better than many people, uh, it's uh, it's kind of my, my getaway. When you talk about how hard it is to read that stuff, I, I understand. I mean, I remember... You know, when I did the crime beat for for that seven years, how it was so it was so hard because I mean, you guys get more of the facts than we do because because you're holding back to us. You don't want it released out, but still, the stuff that I would read and the stuff when I would talk to the coroner or or even when you went to interview the families, you know, the, the victims. I mean, it was just so much coming at you all the time. I think if the the common person knew what the human being was capable of doing, mm -hmm. they would either not believe it or they'd never leave their house. Yeah. You know, you think of the most horrific, horrific thing a person could do to each other. And I've either seen it or I've read the case file or I know of a case. Absolutely. And people are just, people can be so evil and, and mean, just downright mean and uncaring. Usually to someone they know. Yes. Yes. 
I remember very well those having to write stories like that, you know, and uh, uh, yes, I can understand it. Now, you've written a book on female bank robbers. I have. It's with McFarland right now. It's in the last phases of um, the publication phase and very proud of it. Very excited. It's very it's something very different that I haven't done before. So I'm uh, I'm anxious to see it being bored. Let's talk about that. Are you allowed to talk about that? Yeah, I am. OK, let's talk about Actually, that a little bit. Folks can pre-order it now, so it's it's uh it's ready to come out of the shoot. Awesome. So tell me how you came. Well, obviously, you know because of the because of the work you did, but what got you interested in putting a book together about this? Well, I was reading a study by the FBI on bank robbery statistics, and I wondered, as a female criminologist who focuses on female crime, about female perpetrators of bank robbery. And I've researched and written about female murder for years, but mm -hmm. bank robbers, not so much. And there aren't any books specifically on female bank robbers as a whole. Now, you have books about Patty Hearst. Right. But that's included all of the SLA or about her as being who she was, a Hearst. Mm -hmm. And where there are more females than males in the SLA overall it was really about the male leaders and you know, you've, you've really got to research to find out about the women. And I'm also thinking as a female criminologist and as someone who has studied female perpetrators, we are a product of our society. And so in this book, it's a journey where and how economically, socially, politically, how these women have been impacted by their, their environment and the, the bank robbery itself. So I took it a step further where not only are you taken from the first documented bank robbery in 1897 mm -hmm. to the female in modern times who's robbing a bank so they can pay for diapers. And so it's a, a history and a memoir of sorts. And so along the storyline, there's a discussion of what life is like for women during each time period. But yet, what's interesting is it sort of loops back on itself. For example, in the 1800s, in the newspapers, much was made about a woman cross-dressing to rob a bank. <laughs> and I found several articles um, on a female robbing a bank in the early 2000s, late 90s, and much was made about a woman who dressed up as a man to rob a bank. And that made the headline, mm -hmm. not the fact she robbed the bank. So it sort of loops on itself. Who, um, in your research, is one of the most famous uh, female bank robbers? I'm sorry? Who in, your, uh, who in your research turned out to be one of the most famous bank robbers? Well, you know, that's kind of hard to say because you have women that people think were bank robbers. Okay. Bonnie Parker, for example. Right. Bonnie Parker never robbed a bank. Bonnie Parker never committed any of the crimes with Clyde Barrow. She was there, but normally she sat in the car and waited. Okay. There are a few times where people thought she picked up a gun and pulled the trigger, but it's never been well documented as as 
documented as Clyde Barrow, her her paramour. Um, you know, she she mostly sat in the car somewhere else and waited for him to rob the bank, or you know, mostly they stuck up, you know, mom and pop stores, you know, gas stations, uh, butcher shops, small places. And what's interesting is at the time they were sort of made heroic, like, you know, here they are, these two poor kids from a very bad part of Dallas sticking it to the man, you know, during the Depression, when mm-hmm. really they were robbing and hurting people just like themselves. Just, you know, poor people that were just trying to make a living. And then Ma Barker is also famous for being known as a criminal, but she was the same way. It was her, you know, wildcat, very bad sons, And Ma Barker just loved her son, so she went along with them, and she covered for them. And there's talk that while they were planning their bank robberies or whatever they were doing, they gave her money to go to the moving picture shows (laughs) or, you know, gave her money to sit and listen to uh, Amos and Andy on the radio or her hillbilly music, as one of them put it. And she had, you know, one of them said, uh, one of the thugs said she couldn't plan breakfast if she had to. (laughs) So really, you know, some of the most famous female bank robbers weren't even bank robbers. And I touch on that. Interesting. Now, now there are some people that uh, were bank robbers that, you know, they maybe made a paragraph or a blurb in the news that Mm -hmm. I found just fascinating because of what they did and because of who they were. Can you tell me about one or two? Yeah, yeah. The oldest female bank robber was in her 80s, and the youngest was estimated to be about 12 years old. And I don't know about you, but when I was 12 years old, I wouldn't have the guts to even talk back to my parents, much less go into a bank with a note. That's crazy. Is that not? I mean, can you imagine? Well, I know and, kids drove. Uh, I mean, a, if, uh, if she was driving, was a, I know you know. Back in the old days, my dad, you know, he back in the third twenties and or back in the thirties, my my dad was driving a car. So I guess maybe it's not that far fetched. Oh yeah, yeah, but you know, I, I mean, this was this was most recent, and the girl was twelve, as to wow. be twelve years old. She was never caught, and they walked in and they presented a badly pinned, badly spelled note, and walked out. And blip, they disappeared. Wow. That's incredible. How recent and was this? There's there's a girl called Chick Bank Robber on YouTube that has just been a YouTube sensation. And she's also been called one of the world's dumbest criminals. Her name is <laughs> Hannah Sabata. And she's just one of these online sensations because she robbed a bank. And then she went online and showed a bunch of marijuana. She showed the car keys of the car she stole. And she showed all the money that she stole. Idiot. And so she got called all kinds of names. An idiot and stupid and a dumb bitch. And you name it, she got called all these horrible names. Well, Hannah Sabata is severely mentally ill. She's got a lot of issues. She and I still write each other. And Hannah... You know, she was self-medicating, doing drugs, and she has an just incredibly sad story in life, and it all just kind of came together, and she went and robbed a bank, 
and you know it's really a, a terrible story of of mental health gone awry and physical health gone awry with with you know just this out of control behavior um she was stoned out of her gourd when she made the video and yet all of these people are making all these judgments and nationally you know she's being called all these names with no one knowing the story wow and i tell you something hannah is an amazing artist and she's an amazing writer she's always sending me stuff and i just keep telling her hannah you got to keep writing you got to keep drawing Yes. She's always getting in trouble, though, because of her behavior, because of her mental illness and mm-hmm. because of her issues. And she won't stay out of trouble. But, um, you know, there's there's all of these stories. Uh, one of the first person to be caught on camera on a bank robbery was a female. Um, I was able to talk to some of the women like Hannah, for example. Right. The book took three or four years to write. And I gleaned every piece of research possible. And what was fun about it was I found people assisting me because they become just as interested as I was. They were pulling records, photo research, and I had records folks and people from museums and and colleges and such calling me. Oh, Judith, I found something else. I found an old record from such and such. And they said, you know, so that was another thing that made it a lot of fun is people that you know, in records and, and such that just got as excited as I was about it. Um, and I had, for example, um, the first people caught on tape or camera in this case uh, during a bank robbery. And that was completely an accident, by the way. Um, he sent me uh, copies of the first video. Obviously, he couldn't send me, you know, the first pictures taken, mm-hmm. but invited me to come see them the actual photos that they took off of the camera of the girl robbing the bank. That's really neat though. It was, it it was, I mean, I got invited to all these little tiny police stations or, (laughs) you know, archives, these huge dusty warehouse full of papers. And because I went back as far as the 1800s and, uh, all over the you know United States. I only kept it in the United States, and mm-hmm. I only kept it where it the woman actually walked in mm-hmm. and robbed the bank, not the female who waited in the car, mm-hmm. and not the woman that was assisting the men by watching the door. Has anything changed as far as uh, people robbing banks? I mean. I, I... I know there's security cameras, obviously, and then little push button thingies to set the alarm off. But has, has there really been, you know, a, a huge change in in how banks ha- handle robberies? More females, not a lot, but mm-hmm. more females, and they're not they're not carrying as much cash as it used to be. Okay. The average bank robber is getting away with about twelve hundred dollars now. And they will get caught, if not the second time, definitely the third. If they get past four, they're very, very lucky. Yeah, because you think with the cameras and stuff, I mean, you know, unless they've got a real good disguise on. Right, right. And and if you go to the FBI website, you can see some people that are still wanted. Uh, one woman came in in a burqa, 
and of course there's not much that you can see of her um i talked to one female she was very interesting she was um she said she was doing it for political reasons though i'm not sure what her politics were um and she was a serial bank robber she she went with two three four states robbed several banks in each state she was finally caught unfortunately i couldn't put her story in the book because it was still you know she still hadn't gone to court Mm -hmm. and she was as my grandfather used to say crazy as a jailhouse rat because (laughs) she was just she was pretty much you know convinced she'd be getting out soon anyway Mm -hmm. um i'm like no baby not you know you know in a while but um she was something else as a matter of fact she was incarcerated at the prison i used to work at so and at the you know on the mental ward so um she and i would talk back and forth in in letters and such um but she was just on another planet so i'm not even sure how she planned how she had it in her to plan um but you also see now women need money to survive Mm -hmm. they're by you know they're doing it for diapers they're doing it to pay bills um some usually older women to support a drug habit mm-hmm. but mostly it's survival it's you know i talked to a few in their 30s who have robbed banks in the last 10 years so what did you spend the money on and i'm thinking you know rings or shopping trips or right. something exciting and they're telling me electric bills rent pampers you know the baby's clothes that's it but then, you know, think, is $1,200 really going to go far? No. I mean, that's true. Once you pay rent and stuff, that's the end of it. So they're going to have to go back out again, obviously, you know. Do you see a lot of, uh, like, like you just talked about, the, the, the one woman who's, who uh, robbed in multiple states. During your research, did you see a lot of that? No. Okay. No. They usually stay in one area if they're even going to get past three. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's interesting is women aren't much on disguises. They'll walk in very boldly. And whereas, you know, men will more likely brandish a weapon, a female is more likely to just pass a note. Okay. That's interesting, too. And you'll see in the book, their, their role has evolved. And you'll see it again, you know, reflected in the crime in the 70s when women really began to, you know, evolve with the whole feminism movement. Mm -hmm. You saw a lot of females using it as a political statement. For example, the SLA, um, the, the other political groups, how they used bank robbery as a means to gain money to help their cause you know, uh, to bring awareness to whatever their cause is in the war or, you know, I'll show you political piggy, that sort of thing, Um, which is interesting to read about those folks, you know, and some of them still believe in their cause and some of them are like soccer moms now and the the ideology that they had, um, very interesting. And I've, you know, I've researched for years and years the Patricia Hearst SLA case. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was fun again to delve into that, but from a different perspective. Right, right, right. 
So what is the big in the research you've done? Um, what was the biggest take out of a bank that happened? I'm sorry, out of the 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 biggest um, heist out of a bank, the largest amount of money. Oh gosh, I don't know. Um, see, that's hard to say because back in the day, they carried more money in the bank itself. Right. Whereas today, you're just not going to get that much money. Okay. All right. And my other question was, I mean, you, you see these things on TV. I'm not saying it's, like, for real, but about um, the the money that has the dye on it. I mean, were, were there any cases like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times, you know, people know these things. Right. Um, so they'll say no dye packs, don't draw from the bottom. Um, because they're, they're, you know, when people go to work at a bank, they are told and they are trained different ways and, and different things to do when and if they are ever robbed. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they will have, you know, a helper, so to speak, that works at the bank and they say, Hey, it's easy to rob a bank because famous last words, right? This will be easy. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a case where these two idiots, um, had, you know, they decided, well, let's see. Bank robbing is easier than stripping. So they had a guy that worked at the bank that was going to help them. And he told them what to say and do. And then they were going to actually rob him. So they're standing there while he's counting at the money. And they're giggling. And aren't they cute? He, he, he. And they get the money from him. And it's also very obvious, mm -hmm. you know, what they're doing. And it's also very obvious he's in on it. And, of course, everybody gets busted in the end. And they're just... It's 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 a comedy almost, really the way they they treat it. So and then there was a pimp who was running prostitutes in L.A. and uh, they decided that you know bank robbery was going to make more money than putting girls on the street. So they tried it a couple of times and then one girl shows back up and says, "Hey, I heard such and such robbed a bank and I went in on it." Well, the next thing you know, he's got three or four girls, and he's pimping them to rob banks. Nice. So it, it was insane. And again, these things, you know, actually happened, and they sound like a, a comedy movie that, you know, you'd be sitting there laughing your head off having your, you know, Renbacher popcorn, but it really did happen. And just some of them are crazy. There's a, there's a one-armed woman who um, tried to rob a bank with a steak knife. So some of it is, is just, you know, you sit there and go, they what? <laughs> who plans <laughs> this stuff? I mean, how, how do they plan this out? Yeah, I mean, some of them are very, you know, very planned out. You know, okay, we'll do this and we'll do that. You know, the two hookers, I mean, I'm sorry, strippers, that um, <laughs> decided they were going to rob the bank, you know, they, they planned it out. They had one of the boyfriends, and he was going to get in on it, but from a distance, of course, let the girls do the work. And they all planned it out very carefully, and then they drove to the bank, and they called the guy behind the counter. Where are you? We don't see you. He said, you're at the wrong bank. Huh. Oh, so they drove to the right bank, and then they, quote, unquote, robbed him. Nice. And then they went to the mall. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to go, you know 
do something with the money. Yeah, you really, yeah. I they mean, bought a TV and, you know. That's crazy. It's, it's, it's funny to hear this stuff because you don't really, like, like, like I'm, glad, I'm glad you wrote a book like this because you don't really hear about the women bank robbers. It's always, it's, it's always the men. And, and that's what, you know, interested me because I got to thinking about it. So I did my research and I thought, you know what? There isn't, unless it's, you know, I found two kinds of books on, on female bank robbers. And again, one of them was about like the Patricia Hearst saga, mm-hmm. you know, or Bonnie and Clyde. Right. Or this very frightening um, kind of rated X stuff where the female was taken hostage by a bank robber who was dashing and handsome and then they fell in love and did nasty things in the back seat, <laughs> you know, and the gun was sexy. I mean, that was kind of frightening. But right. um, those, those really were the only two books that I could find available and I thought... I want to write about this because psychologically, I think it's interesting. And criminally, I think it's interesting. I mean, not all of it was funny or or scary, you know, because there's a lot of sad stories, too, because you see the angst and the sadness and the mental health and the, the loss. Like, you know, there's a time period where women are stuck because they can't get out of a marriage because... The man is the breadwinner. Mm-hmm. Um, they can't get a divorce because of, you know, socioeconomic or um, r- reasons of religion. So they're really stuck in a bad marriage, but they want to escape, but they don't know how. So they feel cornered. Well, what's the first thing everybody thinks of when they say, I need a lot of money and I need it now? Right. Rob a bank, you know. Right, right, right. So um, you did the research and the history and all this. Has much changed, I mean, as far as the reason why women do this? You know, that's, that's a good question because yes and no. You know, money is always the underlying cause, but sometimes love is thrown into the bag mm-hmm. and sometimes desperation and sometimes mental illness and Sometimes, uh, you know, just a lot of emotions. Um, you know, one of the girls said, I just decided to rob a bank. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I just find this interesting because, like I said, you just, I, maybe it's just we don't realize how many women actually do this. I mean, it, it, it must be a bigger number than what people think. I think so. And the numbers are getting, the numbers are growing, mm-hmm. you know, as, as the economics are changing, the numbers are growing. And it was interesting to me how many elderly females, but then not really, because think about how this country treats its elderly. Right. Right. That makes a lot of sense. That'd because be a great movie. You know that? At, um, assisted living for my mother right. last year. And she's on disability social security, and they were telling me, okay, assisted living, that's three thousand dollars a month, yes. not including her food and her medical, yes, and her this and her that. And I'm like, who the hell can afford that? If you're, you know, Jane C. Doe, yeah, 
Because if they're sick and they're on medical, it, it co- like you say, it, it costs even more. That's what people don't realize. It's all fine and dying to you know, have them on a place to live. But if they have to be attended by a nurse or whatever, it's, 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 it's going to cost you. Right. And with her Alzheimer's coming on, mm-hmm. and I mean, I went round and round, you know, with the psychs, with the doctors, with everyone saying, okay, she cannot afford that. I cannot afford. Who the hell can afford? You know, because it was getting up to $6,000 a month with yeah. everything that she was going to need. And, you know, no wonder you see elderly people selling their pills because that's another issue in that community. Mm-hmm. And one of the places that she was living in, they were doing it. And at first I thought they were doing it just for, you know, bling, bling. But they weren't. They were doing it so they could buy groceries. They were actually selling their pills. I believe it. I believe so, it. I took care of both my know, parents. Yeah, I know. I, I know the cost is horrendous. You know, and, and you see these elderly people that should be, you know, that work their ass off all these years. And they should be having, you know, these beautiful times like you see in AARP magazine. Mm-hmm. And they're not. They're out there selling their pills so they can survive. Or then they're addicted to their pills trying to survive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you see these elderly people addicted and robbing banks. Go And, and you're sitting there going, you know, what is wrong with the world? So that really got me. That really got me furious when, when I started reading and, and working on that chapter. I'm sure it did. Like I said, my you know, I took care of both of my parents, so I'm well aware of it. You know, what the cost is. Um that would make a great movie too. Bunch of old ladies out robbing banks. <laughs> um what about the younger women that, that do this? Like you talked about the twelve year old that that was robbing the bank. Have you, you broke up? Pardon? You you broke up. Okay, about uh, you talked about the twelve year old that had that that had robbed the bank. Have, have there been a lot of you know that age, that type of age group? Have have you seen a lot of those when you were doing research? No, not a lot. Very few. Okay. Okay. It's just interesting to me how you know again. Can can you imagine at that age <laughs> walking into <laughs> to do that, bank yeah. with a note? Give me all your money. And again, when I was that age, I wouldn't have even said no to my grandmother, much less. But then again, you can't compare yourself to these, you know, to anyone else. Uh, right, but, right, right. And times have changed too. I mean, the, when we were kids, it was a lot different. You know, we, we were more shy about stuff. So, I mean, these, oh, kids, sure. these kids now are like, woo, look at me, you know. So who knows, right? How long right. did it take you to do the research on this book? How did I do the research? Yeah, how did you do it and how long did it take you? Oh, my gosh. Um, The book took several years to write. Mm -hmm. And I reached out to police departments, um, colleges, because they they are the ones that have all the archives. Uh, Museums of all places. Uh, Court records. Man, I, I, I don't know how many of those I've done through... Um, and then of course it was across the United States. So the places that I couldn't go to, um, I made connections there and there are also, uh, archival research places that, that were so happy to help with this. I just, you know, I owe them so much for helping me out here. Um, newspapers, 
man, I scoured newspapers. Now, normally I don't like using the Internet so mm-hmm. much because not that I don't trust media sources, but you have to be very careful. Mm-hmm. And I don't like to use them as a single source. Um, newspapers.com, I love. Mm-hmm. Because I had to go back, way back to, you know, the 1800s. I mean, I'm reading newspapers that, you know, some of the first newspapers in the United States, uh, which, by the way, I loved how newspapers were written back then. I, I was just thinking of that when you were saying were that. And, such. Um, and just dug um, and dug some more. And if I came upon one lead, I'd follow it up with three or four or five until I just exhausted everything. And I did interviews. I talked to some of these ladies. That was so fun to do though. It was, it was sometimes it was, uh, and it was crazy on others. And then some of them were like, Miss Yates, can you send me money for comments? No, I cannot. I don't pay for (laughs) interviews. I can't do that. Right. You know, right. right, Oh, well then, you know, I can't talk to you about my case. Okay. Bye. (laughs) You know, so I had I was just thinking of a question. Um, when you looked at the earliest cases of this stuff, were a lot of these women married? Some. Um, one woman. Now she she was really interesting. The first bank robber. Mm-hmm. Um, she was. I liked her. She was a spitfire. And they were planning the robbery, and the husband. He was all for it, and then at the very last minute, he he backed out, and she got mad, and she told him, I will not be married to a damn coward, and off they went. And when she was interviewed by the newspaper after, of course, they got caught, she uh, they said, were you scared? And she said she would have shot up the whole damn town if they would have let her. Hmm. Wow. That's just I just find this incredible. I just don't picture women being like that. You know, you know, it's always like I said, I keep repeating it, but it's always the men you hear about. So the, I, I can see why you really got into doing the research on here. Mm-hmm. Oh, I worked in a female prison on the maximum security on the mental health unit. God, they, women will do anything and they'll do it twice as nasty. So. <laughs> <laughs> But it, it was. It was a lot of fun to research. And um, I met some really, really interesting folks. And, you know, um, I'm not saying they're, they're, that I condone their crimes, obviously. Right. But I do see where some of them just had so many, you know, you saw women that were just cornered. And that's why they committed their crime. Then you saw women that were just outright mean. And that's why they committed the crime. Um, and you've got to think, you know, they scared the hell out of a lot of people waving a gun or, or a, <laughs> a note. I mean, even if it's, quote, just a note, this scares tellers. This scares bank employees. You don't yeah. get over something like this. I can't imagine the one that decided to go in and rob the bank with a knife, too. That That, that kind of blew my mind. Right. I mean, (laughs) you know, one arm and a steak knife. And again, I'm, you know, mental health plays a role in some things. And then with people making fun of her without knowing the story. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, you know, 
does the woman have something else? Does the, you know? And one woman went in saying she was an Irish terrorist and she had a bomb. Well, this was during a time period when there were a lot of bombings over in Ireland and the IRA, all of the stuff going on. You know, who's to say she wasn't? Right. And how frightening is that when when someone walks in and says something like that? So, yeah. the you know, again, the political times, the uh, economic times, social times all played a part in, in each of these crimes. I mean, think how frightening it was with the SLA, these other groups, you know, busting in with automatic weapons, shooting guns and yelling and screaming. And you're just there to make a deposit or you're just a bank teller doing your job mm-hmm. for not much money. And here come these fools with these with these weapons, and they mean business. They're not going to play. Yeah. Yeah. My other question was um, the sentences. I mean, what's the difference between the sentences that 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 they would get, let's say, in the late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, as opposed to the type of sentences they get now? Oh God! Uh, you know what? I don't even. Okay. I don't even remember. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, That's <laughs> so cool. we're gonna have to. Yeah, that's that fine. That's fine. No, I'm um, just just curious. Yeah. Um, I could have answered that if I had it in front of me. Um, I don't know. That's cool. That's cool. Well, you think it was harder for them to get captured back in the late 1800s or early 1900s as opposed to now? Yes and no. Because, see, you have to understand, back then you formed a posse. Mm-hmm. And you all, you know, they're, they're riding out of here and you grab your horse and you tell the guy next to you, grab your horse and you're right on their heels and you're shooting guns. There's no rules. You're just going after them. Mm-hmm. And now fast forward, we've got cameras, we've got die packs, we've got, you know, little machines in the in the money packs that a GPS system telling us where you went and where'd you go and what did you do? So it's kind of a toss up. I mean, Mm -hmm. we still have females that are out there that we can't identify. Mm -hmm. Now let's go back to the 1800s. The best we had were drawings and physical descriptions, but we also had people that got drunk and ran their mouth. Sure. Somebody always knew somebody. Somebody's always ready to snitch for some money. Well, let's fast forward to now. Somebody always runs their mouth. And somebody's always willing to snitch to make some money. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of comparisons. My dad said the big difference was when uh, the police also got radios in their cars. Oh, you know, yeah. they were able to communicate back and forth because, like he said, my dad was never a criminal, but my dad was a hellraiser, you know, as a kid. And he always said, yeah, you know, this, the whole thing with the state lines, because once you cross state lines, they couldn't follow it. You know, n- nobody could really trace you. Right. Right. And one of the things Bonnie Parker and Clyde Barrow did uh, was that once they got out of the, I guess you would say, harm's way, mm-hmm. is they would shimmy up a pole and cut radio lines. Makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, he he drove like a bat out of hell, so they could cross state lines easily 
and he was very good with working on cars. So mechanically, he could fix a car to where it was much, much faster than the average police car. Mm -hmm. And of course, back then, you know, they gave you a badge and a gun. Maybe they gave you a gun and said, okay, you're a cop. Right, right, right. And the other question, too, is a lot of these women were married or were they single? Kind of a toss-up. Okay. Um, some of them were married. Some of them were not. Now, I did <laughs> – I had a school teacher, have a school teacher in the book that uh, started robbing banks and restaurants on spring break. <laughs> That's an interesting <laughs> – yeah, she waited till spring break. Lesser. Well, at least um, you didn't do it on company time. Yeah. Well, you know, I was a school teacher too, and <laughs> there's just so much. You know? <laughs> there's so much. Um, but some of them were, some of them weren't, some of them were divorced. Uh, it's it's sort of a, a toss up. And then some of them were, uh, you know, married but estranged. So. Well, the other question I have then was what, you know, in some of those cases, you probably, you may not know this, but did the husbands know what they were doing? Some of the husbands did, some did not. Okay. Because that would be a heck of a surprise. You're sitting down, you know, for dinner and then the police show up. Right. <laughs> and there was such a case where twin girls robbed a bank. And their mother had to drive them because they were underage. They couldn't drive. Oh, and the stepfather claimed he knew nothing about it, but they went on a shopping spree as soon as the bank robbery was through. So, you know, <laughs> of course, people are going to get tossed under the bus as soon as the cops bust in. Yeah, absolutely. That's funny about the twins, though. Yeah, they... Um, <laughs> They wanted to help their family out because the car, the car, I'm sorry, the house was about to be taken by the bank and they were having a lot of financial issues and gosh, what are we going to do? And we need money and we need it quick. Gosh, what are we going to do? So they decided to rob the bank. Well, how are we going to get there? Well, mom can drive us. Right. That's pretty funny. Well, you know, from what it sounds like, you know, and especially when we were talking about, people in financial streets today and what's going on with the economy for the women. A lot of it sounds like survival. You know, it's, it, it sounds like stuff like mm -hmm. that where with men, they get the money they're, they're going to go out to the bar and have beer, you know, and, 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 and smoke their Cuban cigars and do whatever. But with women, it sounds like it, it was, the, it was more necessity oriented. And with males, a lot of it is uh, drug addiction. Yeah. See, there's a big difference there. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. you know, um, this is this is really interesting to me because, I, like I said, I never really thought about the, you know f women that, that 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 do this, but it does make a lot of sense. It does, you know, the, the baby's got to have food. You you, you know, you, you may be single, you may have a husband that doesn't want to work or whatever. So how are you going to get that quick money? Yes, and you know, and then you learn about. You know, Bonnie and Clyde or, or Bonnie Parker's who I who I call, you know, the bank robber's darling. Sure. But there was always Stella and Ben and Stella and Ben were just as much, if not more interesting than Bonnie and Clyde. Really? I've never heard of them. Ah, see, very few people have. So what's what was the story with Stella and Ben? 
well, I'm going to say this. I'm going to have to pull a Dr. Phil and say, well, you got to buy my book. Okay. <laughs> That's what I figured was coming, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you got to buy the book. <laughs> What is the oldest age of bank robber that you were able to do research on? Oh, that's easy. She was in uh, she was in her eighties. Wow. Yep. She uh, she was she was in a walker. She used a walker. Oh my gosh. The walker with the seat on it. Yeah. Yeah. She uh, she used one of those. Wow. I can't imagine that. I just can't. And she scared the hell out of everybody in that bank. <laughs> Did she use a gun at all? Or was, I mean, oh, yeah, that's... she had a gun. <laughs> Dang. I mean, I just can't imagine that. Well, I could see it. Opens up the thing, opens up the seat, and the walker gets the gun out, you know? Put the money in my, put the money under the seat, you know? <laughs> Yeah, she was not a happy cat, so she's waving a gun around and scared the hell out of everybody, and someone called 911, and, you know, people thought it was funny, and, and one of the people there said it was not funny. This woman is waving a gun, you know, plus she's 80-something years old. I'm sure that did not feel, you know. Had she done robberies before or anything like that? I mean. I'm sorry? Had, had she done anything like that before? Did she, did she have a criminal record? No. Wow. <laughs> Dang. No. I just can't imagine a, a woman that old going out to rob a bank. I just can't. <laughs> I, I, I. She, uh, she's an interesting character. Her mugshot's interesting looking, too. But was she still married or was her husband deceased at this point? Or... Uh, that, I think she was a widow. Um, she, um, she got upset because she felt like the bank was, um, shorting her. Okay. So she went back the next day and they did some checking and they did some research and they said, I'm sorry, but we didn't check, you know, we, we didn't short you. You, you must be mistaken. And she pulled a gun and said she was. Wanted money. <laughs> and uh, not a good idea, you know, when you're 80 something years old, <laughs> and not a good idea to pull a gun in a bank and say, Give me money. Um, and, uh, you know, two officers have to escu- escort you out very slowly because you've got to push your walker. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that getaway was interesting. <laughs> right. <laughs> but on the bright oh, side, I mean, she was taken out. care of probably for the rest of her life. She was in prison, but I mean, you know, you know, this isn't this is actually a male uh, robber. But when okay. I he worked was, yeah. at the prison, we had this guy who was legally blind, and right. he robbed a bank. This is a true story. Okay, and he uh, he went in with his his cane and he cased the place very carefully, figuring out exits entrance where the furniture was where everything was so come the day to rob the bank and he goes in and he's very successful and as he's hurrying out he falls because they had moved a piece of furniture Mm. and they caught him 
And we had one guy that was uh, legally blind that had escaped. And he was a bank robber. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's it's amazing. And he uh, he was a bank robber, and he uh, would go to Vegas and spend all his... He was in People magazine, and he'd go to Vegas and spend all his money on showgirls and hookers, high-priced hookers. <laughs> but the magazine failed to explain that all the high-priced showgirls and hookers were transvestites. And oh, wow. he had escaped the prison. He had um, taken some uh, war cutters, some some of the big, uh, I guess, what, what would you call it? The big clamp uh, bar cutters. Right. And he hid them. He buried them. And then one morning he went and dug them up. And then he camped open the fence and scurried out of there and God knows how he did it. But cause he was, he was legally blind and, um, out he went and he escaped. Oh my, I just, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. That's, that's just amazing. Especially he didn't have any help from the outside or anything to pick him up or anything like that. He just took no. off. Mm-mm. Wow. I want to have to write a book like this and do research. I'm telling you right now, this this stuff would have me just uh, glued. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody in law enforcement should work in custody because that's where you see the real stories. It's just, you know, you could. And after a while, you know, working in law enforcement, people will say, what's the weirdest thing you've ever seen? And you can't even answer that because it's all weird. <laughs> and... You know, we all got together a couple of months ago and we were talking and it was like, you can't even answer. And and half of it, you can't even tell in public because it's horrendous, you know, and I mean, nasty, horrendous. Right. So, so bank robbery is really kind of mild compared. <laughs> so, but it, it is, I mean, people do crazy stuff and some of these women, um, you know, they did. And, and some of them justified, you know, they got angry because they were caught and they got angry because they were sentenced. And um, some of them took it with a grain of salt. It was like, well, there we go. That's just incredible. You know what? This hour blew by and I'm just so fascinated by all this. I can tell oh, you that. You. But I want to thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Well, I had a lot of fun. This is a good show, and I love your concept. <laughs> Thank you. And I love the idea that you have so many different uh, things going on here because it's so connected and it's all interesting. Not just me, obviously, but right, yeah. <laughs> you just got so many interesting things going on here, and I like that. I try because, like, like everybody knows, uh, you know, I'm a journalist, and so this also gives me a chance to be a journalist. You know, and because I. I've been retired a while, so uh, it's, it's kind of nice to be able to do that so I can mix it up a little bit, you know? Sure, yeah. So it's fun. But I would love to talk with you about some of your other books, too, because I know you've got a bunch of other books. Let everybody know what your other books are. Okay, yeah. I've got one on the serial killer, Paul Dennis Reed. I have one, the very first one I was telling you about, that is about a, a little boy named Brad who was in a very, very small town, mm -hmm. and he was murdered by a child killer, and what made that one huge was everybody said, well, that can't happen here, 
and even after Brad was killed, well, that can't happen here. And it was not Doug. And even when Doug, uh, the killer, um, told the cops he did it, they didn't believe him because not Doug. Mm -hmm. Such a great guy. Yeah. Um, I have one going on, uh, or I have one um, about a female from a very tiny town in Tennessee. And she meets a very nice guy from uh, Middle East named Ijaz. And Ijaz is a self-made man. He's a really good guy. He's a Muslim. And he lives by Muslim rule. You respect people. You do your best. Well, she takes full advantage of it. And when she sees the golden egg leaving her because she's so horrible, she kills him. She cuts off his head. And she leaves him in the garage to be found by his son, his 10-year-old son. <laughs> and here's what's interesting, I'll tell you. Leah has been writing me now out of nowhere, getting all kissy, kissy, kissing ass. And um, now she wants me to write her story. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my. Um, <laughs> and let me think, what else is there? Oh, 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 Okay. It's a it's a local crime. It's a little girl named Cherokee Harriman who stabbed herself in front of her alleged bullies. And it's basically about bullicide. Does it really happen? Are kids really killing themselves because they're being bullied? Fascinating. I mean, they're just a well, every every book has a has a backstory. Right. You know, it's not just he kidnapped her off the street. He kept her in the basement, fed her clay. How how awful the end. Mm-hmm. You know, it, there's a backstory that people can learn something from. Um, you know, with Brad, it was about uh, the, you know, a child predator, signs of a child predator. Um, with Cherokee, it was obviously about bullicide. What, mm-hmm. what is the real story behind that? With the Paul Dennis Reed book, it's about how crime survivors and crime victims are treated in the system. And it focuses on the crime victims because nobody ever did. Mm-hmm. Um, so every every book has a backstory. Oh, and by the way, this, uh, this Money in My Purse book about the bank robbers, that can be pre-ordered on my on my website okay great 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 great, great. which is fantastic. fantastic well thank you so much for coming oh, on tonight and if you're I'm willing sorry. like i said i would love to have you on again to talk about your other books hello hi are you there yeah yeah. I am now. Okay. yeah i would love to have you on again to talk about your other books yeah, well, I tell you what, check your schedule okay. and give me a shout, and I would be happy to. All right, sounds good. Well, you have a good rest of the evening. I can't make my mouth work. You have a good rest of the evening, and I hope you don't get snowed in. You too, and be safe out there. There's creeps. You too. All right, have a good one. <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye. Right, bye-bye. Okay, well, that was uh, Judith Yates. I'm definitely going to get her back on and talk to her about her other books. That was fascinating because, like I said, I never realized that many women held up banks and did stuff like that. So that was pretty cool. Now, Monday, we are going to have Rory Schmidt is going to be on with us, and she has written a book on the history of voodoo. So we're going to be talking voodoo on Monday. 
And Sunday, of course, uh, it's the last chapters of Mrs. Miracle for the holiday book reading. Uh, so we'll be do I will be doing that at 6 p.m. on Sunday. Also, um, starting the following Sunday now, we're going to continue with that. I'm going to pick a paranormal-related book to read every Sunday. And I think the first one I'm going to read is Ghost of Flight 401. And it's a true book about an uh, airplane that goes down the Everglades. And the pilot, and then they take the parts from the airplane and distribute them amongst other airplanes. You know, the parts that, that are still usable. And then what happens is that people start seeing the pilot and the engineer, and sometimes the co-pilot, on different air, on, on these different airplanes that have the parts. And it's a true story, and the writer, John G. Fuller, who I think is deceased now, really did a lot of research. He, he's a skeptic, but he went in, he not only talked to believers, he talked to psychics, he talked to scientists. So he really goes into detail on his research and what he found out about these airplanes. So that's going to be starting not this Sunday, but the, a week from Sunday. And um, again, I want to thank everybody for coming. This was fascinating with Judith Yates. I am definitely going to ask her to come back on and talk about her other books. Because like I said earlier, I was, as a reporter, I was a crime beat reporter for almost seven years. And uh, it was interesting to follow these cases and get into the case files and you know the court files and stuff and look stuff up on them. So I'm, I'm really fascinated by this stuff. But I want to thank you all for coming. Okay. And um, again, um, if you, uh, I, I am opening up to advertising and sponsorship for the show. So if you, if you'd like to get advertising going, uh, let me know at Caesars ghost one, two, three at uh, gmail.com. And I can start working with you on that. Uh, the prices aren't going to be outrageous. It's going to be affordable for everybody. Uh, Cause I'm, I'm really aiming for smaller businesses. And so that way it's affordable, especially with COVID going around and stuff, you know, people need advertising and I know money's tight and stuff. So yeah. Um, if you like the show, click on that subscribe button that's up there at the corner, especially if you're watching on YouTube, there's a, there's, there's a little ghost somewhere, somewhere on the video. There's this little ghost that has a magnifying glass and has a Sherlock Holmes hat on. That's our little, that, that's our little subscribe logo. So if you'd like the show, Hit that subscribe button because we're looking for more subscribers. If you have friends that uh, would be interested in a show like this that covers paranormal and, uh, and, and a variety of topics, let them know about us so they can come in and subscribe. Because like I said, we are looking for subscribers. Um, share it with five people if you liked it. Share it with five of your enemies if you didn't like it. We're equal opportunity here at California Haunts Radio. Um, and again, you know, like I said, Share it with family members, friends, whatever. You know, we're trying to get the word out on this show. The more people, the merrier. You know, we we want to get to that point where we where we've got a really nice audience, and it's, it's getting there. You guys are doing a good job doing that. Um, if you want to check out the archives for this show, you can go to our YouTube page. Sometimes the YouTube page is hard to find. Easiest way to get there is to go to CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com, and uh, you can either you know the video on the front page, or to, you know on the, on the front page, open page will take you there. Or you can go up into our archives that go back for the last two years, and that will take you into YouTube as well. And you can see all the you know all the shows we've done. I believe we're up to around 170 shows in the last two years. Also, uh, Blog Talk Radio. We were over at Blog Talk Radio for almost 12 years, and I am very slowly uh, and meticulously moving those uh, shows over to the new website. So you'll be able to access the old Blog Talk shows as well, and, and hear some of those guests. But I want to thank you guys for coming today. And again, uh, 
be checking out the website later on tonight because I'm going to have information about the two psychic development classes I'm teaching. One is a psychic development one intro, and the second one is a more advanced class. So if you guys are interested in that, please feel free to sign up because they're they're, they're good classes. They're good, they're good intro classes and everything to get you on that road. Everybody's born with psychic abilities. Uh, as our life goes on and things happen in our lives, we kind of put them... I guess if you want to say under the carpet or, you know, things like that. So uh, please feel free to do that. That'll be around 11 p.m. Pacific that I'll have that up. Again, um, I will see you guys on Sunday uh, for the read for Mrs. Miracle at 6 p.m. Pacific. Um, you see that banner floating down at the bottom of the page? Well, that just tell, that says it all right there. Uh, California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team is a nonprofit team. And all the expenses for the team, plus this radio show, come out of my pocket. So all the mics, lighting, everything you see here, computers, everything comes out of my pocket. And like everybody else, I have bills to pay, internet, and uh, that's coming due. So if uh, you guys could find it in your heart to donate some funds to help me keep the show on the air and keep the guests coming. And really good guests like like Judith Yates, uh, please do that. Uh, you can do that at paypal.me at California Haunts, or if you are uncomfortable with PayPal and you have a Venmo, you can do that. Go into your Venmo account, type in California Haunts, and donate with, donate whatever you want to donate. You know, I'm just this, this is my PBS moment to try and keep the show on the air, because I want to keep the show on the air. I enjoy doing it, and I know you guys enjoy listening to this stuff, or you, or you wouldn't be here. You would not be here. So I want to thank you all for coming tonight. Let's see. Okay, yeah. I'm checking in to everybody. And I'm going to uh, show you the book. I'm going to sh show you her website information and let you get a look at her books and uh, where you can get her books. And then I'm going to shut my mouth and I'll see you guys on Sunday. So here, uh, let's go ahead and run that. The website, judithyates.com. Judithayates.com. And the first book is Put the Money in My Purse. Second book, She is Evil, Bullied to Death is the third book. The Devil You Know is the fourth book. How to Recognize the Devil. There's another book. And again, you can pick those up at her website at Judith at, at Judith88s.com or at or I saw them at Amazon as well. Anyway, thank you guys for coming tonight. I will see you on Sunday and have a good couple days. <laughs>